Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Hooked on Sports. This is episode number 234 of the podcast. Thank you so very much for listening today. And look, we have so much to do today. We're going to be all over. So, uh, over the start of the NBA playoffs, the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, so we have so we have series set you know, in in both of those conferences. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'll, we'll get into the genius of the Tampa Bay Rays and their on uh, their on uh, their thirteen and zero start, and, and and why I don't think it uh, the, the the good vibes are going to last very long there. We'll we'll get into um. Why I think the Arizona Cardinals are in the driver's seat for um f- uh, to to pick up a lot of draft capital in the NFL draft and 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 how and how the the and, and how the factors leading into this will, will will lead to the Cardinals having a very good night on on April twenty seventh, and then we're gonna and, and then we're gonna uh, get and get into um. Uh, some of the things go- going on in uh, in um, to, uh, in other places, but I think we begin with the the big news that broke yesterday, and that is that the Washington Commanders are going to change ownerships as Dan Snyder has agreed to sell the Washington Commanders. For six point zero five billion dollars to an ownership group led by the co-owner of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers and the New Jersey Devils, Josh Harris, unless someone outbids them, like a Canadian uh, tycoon Steve Apostopoulos, and, and and this and this is a really uh, a, a full circle moment for. For Harris, because he grew up in in Maryland and went to school in north uh, in the northwest part of Washington, and it, it, this is a great day for football fans. Not not a great. The only people who are, who, are, who won't have won't have great days with this are probably fans of the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys because. The Washington Commanders will not will will most likely not be a dysfunctional organization anymore. So, so, so if if you are a Giants fan or an Eagles fan, you um you you cashed in when you did, and if you're a Cowboys fan, you just uh, you, uh, you 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 just don't 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 know which which way is up, and 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 the streak of no Super Bowls continues why it was such a big deal uh, when when the when when we when we say the Cowboys uh, don't uh, couldn't get the job done but with that but it, it's really a bittersweet moment here because because well, while investigations into workplace sexual harassment violations and teen finances continue I think the NFL can finally begin to distance itself from from the from the disgraced and and dangerous and damaging owner, and Washington as an organization can finally get the franchise going in the right direction once again. And and in in twenty four seasons of the reign of terror of Dan Snyder, they had winning seasons in just six of them, 
and th- and they had they won uh, playoff games in only two of those years, and, and they had and th- their last playoff win was in 2005 when when they beat Tampa on the road um, in in the NFC wildcard game and uh, so they've had stadium issues there the infrastructure is outdated the said they were near the bottom of the NFL in terms of home attendance so there was a desperate need to upgrade from um, uh, uh, the, the new stadium and and now the, the the new ownership group with Josh Harris is is going to change the the the, the um, integrity and and change the reputation of, of Washington and I look they're they're going to do things their way and it's no longer going to be the Dan Snyder way the Dan Snyder way where so where where there's arrogance and ignorance they 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 felt they were way behind he was way behind the eight ball in terms of in terms of the name change from going from the Redskins to the Washington football team to the Washington Commanders and and now you're going to uh, you're going you're going to see um it's a, a, a Washington fans who 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 were, were born in uh, born in the in the in the or as as early as as the late 90s see what a, a a team with a good uh, organizational in an an office and workplace culture is like for their favorite football teams and 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 Washington when when it was at the forefront was one of the gold star franchises of the National Football League and so they they won Super Bowls they were consistently in the conversation to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl they they, they were. And so, uh, they, they was they sold out uh, all, m- m- almost all their games at RFK uh, R- RFK Stadium in in, in DC, which has uh, which has since been uh, no longer the home for Washington's uh, football franchise. So, yeah, c- congratulations to to the uh, to the loyal fans of the Washington Commanders. N- now you're going to get um, a, a fan a fan base back. And 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 there's there's nobody that that d- deserves it more more than the loyal fans who who had been who had been gaslit gaslit by uh, one of the most corrupt owners in the history of sports and one of the most dis- uh, disgraceful ownership uh, ownership administrations in sports history um, mercifully come to an end and and it is expected that the um, and th- that the new agreement will be uh that the sale will be approved when the when the league meetings um uh when when the ownership meetings uh, uh t- come in in the in the fourth week of may so so that's when the the official um uh, uh, bow uh will will be placed on top of this massive development for Washington and and we can honestly now say good riddance to the Dan Snyder error um error meaning error not error and it was in error now I I want I think so so we are two weeks into into the baseball season we are 15 days in and there, there, there is one story in, in my mind that that is true that has 
uh, trumped everything else that's been going on in baseball, aside from the rule changes. The rule changes meaning the the uh, the the pitch clock, the band shift, the um, the, the expanded bases, uh, and 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 all that. But but in terms of in terms of the actual gameplay, aside from the rules, no, no story has been better than uh, that of the Tampa Bay Rays, who started who who have started the season thirteen and zero. They're the first team to do uh, to accomplish that feat since the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers, also done by the 1982 Atlanta Braves and the 1884 St. Louis Maroons, who started the season 20 and 0. So the Rays tonight will be going for their unprecedented uh, in American League history 14th consecutive win to start the season and the first team to. Uh, to do it since um, in 139 years, and and it, and that was a time when Chester Arthur was the president of the United States, and 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 I think we need to break this down a little further uh, into the overall performances from so f- f- from from these teams uh, f- from this team, and and it's and it's and it's been both ways with Tampa hitting pitching, so as a team. So they they have batted two eighty seven. They have a five seventy six team selecting percentage, a nine forty OPS, thirty two home runs, one hundred and one runs scored, and individually, uh, it's been it's been a team effort uh, from a collaborative experience. And seven different players have three or more home runs. Seven different players have ten or more hits. Among the five hitters that that would qualify for the league title as of now, four of them are batting over 300. And Brandon Lau, who who can be a perennial 40 home run hitter when when healthy, has five home runs to lead the team. And and Randy Rosarina leads the team with 16 runs batted in. And 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 it's been tremendous for. Um, of of for for those parties involved, and you, and still have to uh, factor in when when Ron, Wanda Franco is going to get rolling in there too, and the pitching, and we we we've known Tampa uh, has has had strong pitching, and, and that's how they've been making the playoffs so often, um, uh, uh, in, in recent years, and and why they've made the playoffs in each of the last five years, but but their pitching enters uh, enters today's action. With the lowest staff ERA in the major leagues with 2.23, they have a 189 team batting average against four shutout victories, and they've allowed just 30 runs. And, and I think I think the the, the main uh, the main culprits for uh, for the Rays' success um, in in terms in terms of their starting pitching is uh, are are Jeffrey Springs who uh, sixteen innings. Um, and just one run allowed and 24 strikeouts, but he had to leave the game early today against the Red Sox due to a, due to a, a forearm upper, upper body injury. And then, and then you have Shane McClanahan, who received some uh, some consideration for the Cy Young last year. He's won each of his first three starts. He 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 recorded the win in his in his three starts. Se- 17 innings. Uh, nine walks is a little high, but twenty-one strikeouts uh, is is pretty good. And, and 
and he's and he's batting um uh, and opponents are batting just 186 against him. Jeffrey Springs, by the way, is um, has allowed just four hits um, so far in 16 innings, and uh, and I believe it is four out of uh, four out of the, uh, four out of 50. Which is remarkable, and Drew Drew Rasmussen is the other uh, person. Two and zero, it's a thirteen innings, so he's gone six or seven innings in each of his first two starts, and has an O seventy one batting average against him. So, so you could you could take take that for uh, what what it's worth. So it, it's really been a collaborative experience. For um for for Tampa Bay, the bullpen has also been 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 pretty good. It's it's a balance between the rotation and the bullpen, and and you still factor in that a Tyler Glass now is uh, is still recovering from from injury. So so the rotation could, could get substantially better when he returns. So I so this so this is something where you ha- you have to give Kevin Cash a lot of credit. Kevin Cash was in my in my consideration for manager of the year when I did the preseason predictions, uh, and, and and this is a well a well constructed team, and, and it's just a matter of of them hitting, which something they couldn't do last year, and their and their lack of offensive firepower last year was exposed uh, by the Guardians' rotation last year. In in the playoffs, so 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 if they they can hit, they can they can go back to twenty twenty one where where their offense was was unbelievable. I think that would be that would be a dreamy scenario for the Tampa Rays. But if if they stay healthy, the the upside of this team is to go to the World Series and win the World Series. And 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 when when you pitch like that, that's that's usually where the, those teams end up. Like if you take a look at the Astros and how uh, last year, and and how and how their their championship run what was a collaborative effort from uh, amongst their pitching staff i mean they they threw two combined no hitters last year one one of them against the Yankees and the Bronx uh, the, the um a, a team that that was rolling and and then then um then they they threw a combined no hitter in game 4 of the world series with their backs against the wall uh, against the Phillies, and and that was uh, that was the turning point of that fall classic. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Tampa Rays threw a combined no hitter this year. Uh, that that's how good and that's how confident uh, the the, uh, the the front office has on, on this pitching staff. And and if you are a Rays fan, you've got to be uh, you've got to be thrilled and obsessed. Now now here comes the tough part and. The, the Rays are obviously going for um for fourteen and zero, but they're, they're they're on the road against the Blue Jays, and the the teams they have beaten so far are the Nationals, the A's, the the Tigers, who are, who who have no idea which way is up, and, and then then they just swept a four game series against the Boston Red Sox, who had a disastrous off season. Now now it's getting the first the first matchup against a a, a true contender. And, and 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 I stated preseason that I had I had the Yankees in Toronto ahead of Tampa in the division because of 
So that's because of the Blue Jays' star power, and, be, and and the Yankees because of their star power. I mean, I don't don't. I mean, you, you know, don't tell me the luck at the results from, from last night against Minnesota. Some, but, but they have the Blue Jays, and then and then later in the month they uh, they they um, have their first encounter with the Astros, and then. And and then they play against the Yankees. Uh, they have seven games against the Yankees um, in the first two weekends in May. So, so that those are going to be some huge tests for Tampa. And I and I think that uh, and I think it's going to be one where they start to fall apart over there. So 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 that so that's the story, a baseball story I wanted to touch on. Um, in in to the, in this week's podcast. Now on on to the NFL and Jeremy Fowler at, at ESPN surveyed NFL scouts and execs about comparisons uh, regarding Florida quarterback and, and and draft prospect Anthony Richardson and 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 the most popular responses to the survey include Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Donovan McNabb, Justin Fields. And to, to be to be a good quarterback in this league, and we're, we're, we're looking at or who are the best quarterbacks in this league are right now. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at Josh Allen, uh, you, you think a lot of, uh, uh, you, you think uh, when you put Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence in that conversation and and, and and Joe Burrow isn't isn't known uh, known as much for for the the deep ball as Allen and Mahomes have because they've had the benefit of receivers like Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs. But for for Mahomes' sake, he he uh, found found a way to lead the league in passing even without Tyree Kill last year. With that, so so so, so there is a real possibility. That uh, so that four quarterbacks are are going to be taken early on here. Now, just to start, uh, I, I I it's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, and and Bryce Young reportedly wowed Panthers talent evaluators, including Frank Reich. And now there's a real possibility that Bryce Young uh, will will go number one to the Panthers, and 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 he was very prepared. He was coached up by Nick Saban in Alabama. And, and Bama quarterbacks have had a have had a relatively recently successful history in the NFL. You look at Tua Tagovailoa before uh, uh, as uh, without the injuries. You look at Mac Jones and how he 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 took the Patriots to the playoffs a couple of years ago. Now there's this thing with Bryce Young that can completely transform a franchise with. Well, with, with the Carolina Panthers, and now there's uh, every bit bit to, to suggest that Bryce Young will be the number one overall pick in the draft. But 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 with Anthony Richardson skyrocketing in, in uh, on, on draft boards, th- 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 this this is going to put a team in a in a position of strength to trade down, and that team is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I I touched a little bit on it last week, uh, with 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 the Cardinals in the draft. So, so there is a real possibility now that the first four picks in this draft are going to be the four quarterbacks. You'll get Bryce Young, probably to Carolina. C.J. Stroud, probably going to the Houston Texans. The Cardinals sit there at number three. And I said the, the idea for the Cardinals is to trade down because they have so many holes 
across their roster. It's not even funny. And I and I, and I know Will Will Anderson would would be great for their defense. So, uh, but 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 but. But, but uh, rebuilding, especially when you have a first-year GM and a first-year head coach, um, uh, it, 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 it's it's it, it's going to require a collaborative experience, and it's, and it's going to be um it, it going to be a lengthy experiment. So, so does a team like the Tennessee Titans trade up with the Cardinals for for number three to leapfrog the Indianapolis Colts, who likewise need a franchise quarterback? Because if you're Titans fan, you you there's zero there's zero way you can trust Ryan Tannehill and 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 si- since the since the run to Championship Sunday three of in 2019, um, Ryan Tannehill was 0-2 in playoff games and Tannehill was the reason the, uh, the Titans lost both at at home in 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 Nashville and and the card and the Titans didn't make the playoffs last year either. So because of the H.A. Brown trade and that's what got. Uh, that's that's what got J. Rob fired in Tennessee. So the so the Titans and are, are going to need a quarterback in a couple of years. So so, so w- will they be able to coach up Anthony Richardson and, and, ha- and have him sit for a year behind behind Ryan Tannehill to um um uh, to, uh, to, to learn because he, because he has a lot of raw talent. Uh, don't don't get me wrong there. So, but but the but there, there is but there are two types of teams in in the NFL. Those those that have a quarterback and 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 those that don't. And 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 I think learning from someone like him. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll have to see what they, what, how they handled the Malik Willis situation because Malik Willis uh, looked spooked and lost when when he when he started for, uh, uh, briefly for the Titans last year. So, the, so there there's certainly that possibility. You also have the possibility for the Indianapolis Colts, so who, who trade uh, might might move up a spot. Uh, so they can have their quarterback of choice over a team like Tennessee, uh, a team that they see twice a year, and, and, and then and then you and then you throw in a team like so like the Raiders right? because the Raiders desperately need a quarterback, and and I think knowing the Raiders and how dysfunctional they are, I could see them that be, be a team that feels desperate uh, to to be be on the same level with Kansas City, Denver, and the Chargers. In in, ter- in terms of star quarterbacks, it's, it's not going to work. But uh, but you uh, can you rule out the Raiders from for making uh, a, a splash? And I I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to do it because I think Dave Ziegler's job is on the line. I know Josh Josh McDaniels's job is on the line, and and I know Josh McDaniels is going to get fired at the end of the year because he can't coach his way out of a paper bag, and he clearly hasn't learned his lessons from Denver. And, and, and I and I think Ziegler, Ziegler might go too. Be, um, I, I get given the Raiders and 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 Mark Davis, who doesn't know which way is up now. Now, yeah. Well, we we and we talk about this uh, about the Raiders the same day that Washington is going to sell their team. So maybe it is uh, are the Raiders now the most dysfunctional organization in the National Football League? But uh, perhaps, probably so. So, but but. If 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 you're if you are a Cardinals fan, 
uh, more importantly, I think you you're in a great position um, to 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 kickstart your rebuild and and trade down with a team like the Tennessee Titans uh, for with with the third overall pick in the NFL draft coming up. Yeah, and aside from the draft, there are other um, NFL news that's developed this week. So, Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year $18 million deal with $15 million guaranteed. Now, I think the premise of a team like the Baltimore Ravens signing... Um, uh, signing Odell Beckham Jr. is to entice Lamar Jackson to, uh, to 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 stay in Baltimore, and I just don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to have the leverage in 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 this situation, because do you think any smart organization? Is going to trade two first round picks and and, and sign a guy to forty plus million a year and is to play on the non exclusive franchise tag and and have that as a strategy to win for both now and the future because basically trading for Lamar Jackson is like mortgaging your future because. Uh, of of the of the franchise tag uh, that was specifically placed on him. Now, if you are at, uh, the Ravens, as a, the Ravens, a team that hasn't had a legit number one wide receiver for a while now, chances are that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be the, that that star wide receiver for a team like the the Baltimore Ravens because the Ravens said uh, need one because and I think. The receiving core with him and Mark Andrews, who was um, who was arguably the second best tight end in the, in the NFL last year, behind Travis Kelsey, and, and then an up and comer in Rashad Bateman, <clears throat> that that might actually be the best uh, 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 receiving core that Lamar Jackson will have had during his time uh, uh, in the NFL. So. Lamar Jackson is not doing himself any favors. The the the, Ra- the Ravens are, is in my mind. But there there's a but uh, but there's a lot of noise with Lamar Jackson and that that he wants the Deshaun Watson money or the 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 Kyler Murray money for um from the Baltimore Ravens. So I I so I so I do appreciate I think the idea. But I don't know how receptive he's going to be. And also, paying Odell Beckham Jr. $15 million a year following a year where he missed the the entire season because of a torn ACL. I think that that's another uh, thing, uh, thing that, 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 that deserves some scrutiny there. Now, an, another story in, in the NFL is that Saquon Barkley is not, isn't going to show up to... Um, to, to the team's off-season program next week for the Giants, and it, it's not a big issue to me because because uh, it's because because it's, it's a voluntary workout; it's not mandatory. And Saquon Barkley, it it, uh, it was was slapped the franchise tag after they gave Daniel Jones a uh, a a long-term contract extension, 
and and also uh, and given given how this league has revolved around quarterbacks and the last thirteen Super Bowl champions have not paid the running back uh, greater than three million dollars. Uh, uh, three three million dollars uh, as the Super Bowl leading rusher. I I, I think there's going to be a uh, going to be a realization there that the um, uh, that the running back isn't as important as it used to be, uh, because it's a quarterback driven league. It's an offensive line driven league. Now, for the Giants' perspective and the way the Giants are constructed, uh, they they had to pay Saquon Barkley. Um, uh, t- uh, ten million dollars a year for the franchise tag because, because because team opposing uh, te- uh, defenses have keyed in on stopping Saquon Barkley and when when they stop Saquon Barkley, Barkley they win and when they and when they don't they they usually don't win so so, so was, they really keyed on Saquon Barkley and and that's why I think the Giants have have a chance to. Make the postseason for a second straight year under Joe Shane and Brian Dable this year, uh, um, by, so, but 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 it 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 means nothing. Uh, Saquon doesn't have the leverage here, and I think he, and he's going to be playing in twenty twenty three for the New York Football Giants, whether he, uh, whether he likes uh, the compensation he's getting or, or not. Now, the, the there are also some rumors swirling around with. With what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do with DeAndre Hopkins now, there 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 are teams that 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 may may, may find uh, someone like DeAndre Hopkins a uh, a a, um, a potential trade. So, and it's clear that Hopkins wants out of uh, of Arizona, but. But but I wonder aloud uh, what a team like the Buffalo Bills or the, or the New England Patriots uh, could do uh, with Hopkins because uh, because the Patriots don't have don't have any firepower at the wide receiver position at all. He, he'd instantly be their WR one, and, and then then the Buffalo thing I think is interesting as uh, because they're looking for a wide receiver too that 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 can that can better complement Stefan Diggs. You know, Gabe Davis is on and off on occasion, so so maybe do the Bills want to want to beat beef off the receiving core with that because because it was clear that the Hopkins still has some gas left in the tank. So so if I'm if I'm the Bills, if I'm the Patriots. Maybe does DeAndre Hopkins go to a team like the Tennessee Titans or uh, the, the the Tennessee Titans? I I I think that that could be a a, a real possibility. Or maybe a play alongside Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. The Bears have thirty five million dollars in cap space uh, left, even with all with all the free agents uh, signings that, that that they put forth. Uh, during dur- during their free agent shopping spree, I think he would make a lot of sense. Um, to uh, to complement DJ Moore, um, uh, in the wide receiving core, and I think you, it, I think Chicago's offense would be a hell of a lot more dangerous if that would happen. So the Cardinals are going to have their options between uh, trading the number three pick for picks in the future, and then maybe do kind of get more picks by uh by. Trading DeAndre Hopkins, and I think both both of those are going to happen before the start of training camp. And I think both, 
uh, are both are going to benefit Monty Austin for going forward. So be, because they ha- because that's how he has to do it because the Kyler Murray situation is and the Kyler Murray contract situation is uh, is one of the worst contract situations a, a quarterback can have. And why I put the arrows on the Cardinals as team thirty two of thirty two in my future power rankings uh, 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 a couple of months ago because of the Kyler Murray contract situation. And Monty Austin Ford has, has a chance to change all that in, in the next couple of months. Now, I do want to briefly touch upon the, the Masters and why I think this is a, 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 why this was a, a great job by John Rahm to get it done. And 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 John Ram was consistent throughout the entire uh, Masters, and he uh, he finished the final round three under and twelve under par. And Brooks Kepka had had a chance to uh, to, uh, to 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 hold on here with a two stroke lead going into final play, but uh, but but the but the bo- but a couple of bogeys, uh, but he he finished three over. Um, for um for for that afternoon on Sunday, um in Augusta, and congratulations to John Rahm on on that. Now, two other topics that we we need to do to round out our show are the uh, the um, playoffs starting in the NBA tomorrow, and in the National Hockey League on Monday. So. I, and if you are a hockey fan, I think you're going to see the most intriguing first uh, set of first round uh, series in the Stanley Cup playoffs ever. And I, I, I look more for the Eastern Conference because the Eastern Conference uh, in the in the NHL this year was so top heavy, and. And and you've got to give these teams credit for 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 how for how they do this on a night in night out basis, but 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 I think there are some storylines that I think we need to um to, uh, take away from these before we make our official picks. So the Eastern Conference is officially set. It's going to be the Bruins against the Florida Panthers, the the last two Presidents Cup winners. And the President's Trophy winners for most points in the regular season by a team. Then you have a rematch of last year's seven-game series between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that's going to be intriguing and that's going to be quite intense because of the, especially with the pressure Toronto is facing after after five, four straight years, they they miss they um, go out in the playoffs in their first series. Th- then you've got the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, will ho- hosting the New York Islanders, who uh, who clinched their the last postseason berth on Wednesday at UBS Arena in Elmont, New York. And then you've got a bar- a barn burner and intense series um, to round out the Eastern Conference with. The, Devil, the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. And for both of those fan bases in particular, that these next two weeks, I say next two weeks because I think this is going to be a six or seven game series. I think both of these uh, series are going to be torture. 
I mean, torture for both teams. And and I think there are some some real uh, realistic things uh, because because you look at six outstanding teams in 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 the East, and and there was an argument earlier in the in in the second half that the six best teams in the NHL all resided in the Eastern Conference. Now, Vegas has gotten better, Colorado, Dallas, Edmonton, uh, they all have. Uh, better point totals than the Rangers and the Lightning. So, but among the among the, uh, those six teams, the, at least two of them are guaranteed not to win a playoff series, and and there are real realistically, ten, eleven te- uh, ten teams that can uh, w- win the Stanley Cup this year. But I I, I but I think the you, you look at the the, the pressure. And 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 going into some of these matchups, and 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 you wonder aloud how you know, we, we get to the point where, um, and so where the why these playoffs are considered to be the best in in all the sports. So I'm really looking forward to um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially how the Eastern Conference is going to pan out now. At the time of recording this part of the this, this segment, n- none of the matchups in the in the Western Conference have been decided. But we know the eight teams. We got Winnipeg, Edmonton. Um, you got the LA Kings, Vegas, you know, Seattle. Um, S- Seattle will, will play either Colorado or Vegas, and then Winnipeg will take the other. Then you got the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars playing against each other. So, so it, it's going to be a, a fun out there, and and we'll see if if this will become the Connor McDavid versus Nathan McKinnon Invitational, like like it was last year when the two teams met in the Western Conference Final. So, so we'll so we'll get uh, predictions on a series that we know about in later on. We, we won't be able to pick the Avalanche and the. Stars because they're the abs because the central division is going to be, going to be decided tonight between uh, in in the game between the Avalanche and the Nashville Predators a game I expect Colorado to win now in the NBA there are let, let's talk a little bit about the play-ins uh, tor- tournament so far and incredible uh, comeback victory by the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James uh, stepping up for the Lakers again, and then, and, and then you got the, um, the Atlanta Hawks going in and taking down the Miami Heat in Miami. That that was a, a surprising result. Now the the Hawks are gonna are are in the playoffs as the seven seed. So, um, it's, so congratulations to those two teams. So, but but also uh, you, you look at the disaster that was the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Pelicans had a great opportunity to go to the playoffs, but Zion Williamson decided not to play, and Zion Williamson is becoming uh, is becoming Ben Simmons, and 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 he and he feels he feels entitled, and that's just not the song you want to see if you are a Pelicans fan, and. And and we know all the hype surrounded by 
uh, surrounding Zion Williamson of the draft process and the Duke, and it seems like he took it for granted. And credit OKC for 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 getting the job done. And, and, and OKC is going to be playing Minnesota to, uh, tonight in the uh, in, in the uh, um. In, in the eight seed game, and Minnesota is in a bit of a scuffle because they, because they lost players to injury. The Rudy Gobert was suspended for Tuesday night's game against the Lakers. Um, I mean, who, uh, they could have used him on Tuesday night, but I, I think Oklahoma City is going is playing with house money, and and I think the difference between OKC and Minnesota isn't particularly far off, but. I I I think Minnesota should be able to take care of business and win and and set themselves up for a first round matchup with the Denver Nuggets, um, uh, on on that accord. And, and then you look look at the East. You have Chicago shocking Toronto with a stunning uh, fifteen point comeback, and so it sets up a, a winner take all matchup tonight in Miami between. The Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat, and and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Miami, uh, because because uh, because of the fact they were they were they made it to Game Seven of the Conference Finals last year, and and they and they didn't seem to adjust accordingly this off season, so a lot lot of lot of pressure on on there, and and look, I I, I think. I think this is going to be a, a, a rather dull series of, of first-round playoff series. I, I, I think the most intriguing, uh, the two most intriguing, and, and, I'll, and I'll rank them one and two, I think the Knicks and the Cavs uh, play, meeting each other in the first round I think is going to be intriguing because you because ha- you're going to have offensive firepower all throughout uh, the court. When you look at Jalen Brunson, you look at the um, p- pending return of... Of of Julius Randle, and, and then you've got the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell. And remember, everyone thought that Donovan Mitchell was going to go to the Knicks, but 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 the, the but they are the four or five matchup in 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 the Eastern Conference anyway. And, and you've got Donovan Mitchell, you got Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, uh, um, among others. So. So, so the so the Cavs are, are 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 a young team. They are a talented team, and and I think it's going to be a, a great series. But some, uh, but I'll give you my I'll give you my picks for that uh, in just a little bit to uh, to round off the show. I'm going to reel off the picks of the series we know. The the most uh, uh, I think the intriguing series. I think you you might want to say that the. The Suns and the Clippers is going to be an intriguing matchup because you got Kevin Durant against Kawhi Leonard, their their first NBA postseason matchup since the finals four years ago when Kawhi Leonard led Toronto over Golden State in in those finals. So, but I think the most intriguing series is the one between the uh, uh, on the the Interstate 80 rivalry in California between. The Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Now, the the Warriors, of course, are are the defending champion are are the defending champions. Um, but look, I I think there there is a, a a good trust level with Sacramento, and 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 this is this has been as uh, one of the most fun series in in in, in the history of the Sacramento Kings. Their, their first time 
in, in, the, in the playoffs in 16 years, breaking the longest drought in the history of the, of, of the, of the uh, uh, in, in professional sports up until when they clinched a couple of weeks ago. And it's and it's going to be uh, going to be a going to be quite a show for for the Kings, and I think it's going to be a seven game series, and I'll give you my my picks for that in in in, in just a moment. So, uh, so, so we'll definitely see how uh, as how all that pans out. Now, so so we're, we're going to reel off. We're, we'll start with the NBA. Um. Uh, um series that we know and and we just need to know who the eight seeds are so so i'll give you my picks for um for, for the first uh for the um the rest of the first round series featuring seeds two through seven in each each conference so i'm going to start in in the eastern conference between the boston celtics and the atlanta hawks and look a lot lot of pressure on jason tatum but but Atlanta has been too too inconsistent and and too middle of the pack all year. I I think Boston is is beginning to write began to write the ship a little bit after struggling from uh, out of the gates in the second half. I'm going to take the Celtics to beat the Hawks in five games in that series. The Brooklyn Nets will take on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Brooklyn Nets surprisingly held on to uh, for 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 the. Uh, for the six, uh, for the last spot before the play-in tournament in in the East, even with, without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and and they're a bit, they're a bit they're a bit better defensively because we know Kyrie Irving is not uh, is is not um, everyone's cup of tea when it comes to defense. But yeah, you have Joel Embiid who 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 is a, a good chance that he might that he won the league MVP. I, I I'm gonna take the Sixers to roll over the Nets in five games. The the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers and I th- I think the uh, I think the return of Julius Randle is huge here. Uh, w- when when it when it comes to to, to the series, and 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 I think the Knicks uh, I think they're a better defensive team and I think they're a better coach team and and in these playoffs that's what it's gonna come down to and. I'm gonna take the Knicks to beat the Cavs in in six games. Now, in the Western Conference playoffs, we'll start um, with the two versus seven, then work our way up. the The Memphis Grizzlies and the L.A. Lakers. And look, I I think the Lakers have been playing some excellent basketball. Yet ever since the two and ten start, they've been. Um, I guess they've been a 600 team so, uh, since then, 41 and 29 in their in their last 70 games in the regular season. Then had a great comeback against um, against the um, uh, against Minnesota in in their playing game, and and, I'll, and I'm going to pick the Lakers to win the, that series in six games over the um Memphis Grizzlies I think the Grizzlies are too young and immature for uh, before a moment like this against the team uh, uh, against the team with why viewers the greatest player ever the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors this is the only seven game series I have in my books but I'm gonna take Sacramento to win in seven games I think it, I, I I'm a I really like what Sacramento brings to the table. I think they are uh, a, a talented group. I think they are a well-coached team, and and, and this is a, a kind of the um, 
so this is kind of a, a revenge series for Mike Brown, who was uh, who was an assistant uh, with Golden State before becoming Sacramento's head coach. I I think he's going to wind up winning Coach of the Year, and and I think Sacramento's going to take advantage of a team that's that's had problems winning on the road all year. Golden State has that doesn't feel the same this year, and and it all started back in training camp with the. Uh, Draymond Green uh, punching Jordan Poole. So I'm going to take Sacramento to not only um, uh, to win a playoff series in their in their first playoff series in 16 years. So I'll take Sacramento in seven over the Golden State Warriors. And, and then you got the Phoenix Suns and the LA Clippers. And I, I, I think this is going to be the Kevin Durant show. And... and and Kevin Durant is just going about doing his business, and and he's been dominant ever since he uh, he he got traded to the Suns. I, I and look, I, I think the Clippers have been an interesting team all year um, with the Paul George Kawhi Leonard um, dynamic, but I I I think the Suns are the most are the scariest team in the West, and I'll take the um, the the Suns to to beat the Clippers in. In five games. Alrighty, and now we got our last results in for last night's game, and I'm recording this at 1:25 in the morning on Friday morning. So, so the Pacific Division has been decided. Vegas just won their division by 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 taking down the Seattle Kraken three to one. On on Thursday night, so that means Vegas will be the one. Edmonton will be the two. The the L.A. Kings will be the, will be number three, and Vegas will face Winnipeg, the second wild card in their first round series. So, so the only matchups remaining that left to be decided are are who Seattle and Minnesota will travel to. Seattle will, will play. Um, the the team that doesn't win the central division between Colorado and Dallas. Well, um, um, I mean, excuse me, Seattle will play the winner of the central division, Colorado or Dallas, and then Minnesota will play the other. So, I'm going to reel off some some of my first round predictions for the Stanley Cup, and this is of course subject to change between now and Monday, and I'll be posting my official picks for the first round on Instagram. So. Boston and Florida. I I just think Boston. I uh, Florida had had the worst defense among all the sixteen Stanley Cup playoff teams this year, and I think uh, that I think it's going to be a one sided affair here, and I think Boston's going to sweep Florida out in the first round. Yeah, but look, there's there's going to be a lot of pressure on Boston, obviously, and not to repeat what Tampa did four years ago, have a dominant regular season. Uh, th- then get wiped out uh, out of the playoffs in four games. So, but I think Boston will will have a series that goes four games. But this time they'll be on the winning end of the spectrum in that one. And speaking of Tampa, Tampa and Toronto go head to head. And look, the the championship pedigree uh, clearly favors Tampa because of the so because because of the experience. But I think. This is finally the year the the Leafs um, get over the hump in the first round, and I and and I I think Toronto is improved. I think Tampa is a little weaker, 
So I and this is a, both these teams went seven games last year, and I'm going to pick. And so, I, so I'm gonna. Uh, it's a. It's easily the flip of the coin series of. So uh, of uh, of the um. Really, of the of the entire first round, but I think Toronto finally wins a playoff series, and I'll and I'll take them over Tampa in seven games. The New York Islanders will take on the Carolina Hurricanes, but. Uh, for for the Islanders to improve upon the, upon the regular season result, it, only two things have to, uh, have to happen: have Ilya Sorokin be Ilya Sorokin, and if it wasn't for Linus Allmark's unbelievable year, uh, he um, he would have been in the conversation for the Vezina Trophy. But and, and then you also have to have a much better power play, and because they're they, they had a stretch down the stretch. Where they they didn't convert on eighteen straight power plays, and the last one yielded a shorthanded goal for Montreal in the Islanders clincher the other night. But Carolina's penalty kill is really good, so I'll take and and, and even with the injury to um, is it, it's it, even with the injury to um, Andre Schnechtikov. I still think Carolina's depth is great. I love that their defense. I love their their intensity defensively, and and I'll and I'll, and, and I'll take Carolina to win that series in six games. I I think Sorokin will, will make it six instead of four or five, but it's gonna, I think it's going to be in six. the The New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils will go head to head, and I think this is going to be a barn burner of a series for the Hudson River rivalry. But I'm going to take the Rangers to win in seven games. I I think the Rangers um, have, have, have it, it. I think it feels like 2014 with this Rangers team that they go out and, and get a, a a superstar in the waning days of his career. So 2014 they did with Marty Saint Louis. This year they did it with Patrick Kane. I think it's copper buzzed for the Rangers. And so, but I, I, and and look, New Jersey's talented with uh, with the Hughes brothers, and and, and they have a, a, a collection of young talent, and they deserve credit for taking a big leap forward this year. But I, I think this, I, I think the Rangers ha- have the better coaching, and I think they have the better goaltender. I think Igor Shosturkin is going to thrive in this series. I'll take the Rangers to win in seven games. The Vegas Golden Knights will take on the Winnipeg Jets. And right now I'm looking at Vegas and six on that one. And then and then the Connor McDavid invitation on the first round. I think he's going to dominate alongside Leon Dreisaitl. I'll take the Oilers to beat the Kings in six games. And we, we don't have a determined... Uh, of matchups for Seattle, Colorado, Minnesota, or Dallas, but but it'll be factored into when I officially make my predictions on on Instagram and and social media, but before the playoffs start on Monday. That'll do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. Thank you so very much for listening. Until next time, this is John Flynn saying so long. I'll be back here on the podcast next week. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. So long.